Thought Guy. This morning, I want to start out with a couple of questions for all of us, not just you, but for myself as well. What does living a life of curiosity day to day look like? And it doesn't matter whether things are going smoothly or we're confronted confronted with any sort of challenges. That, that doesn't matter. What matters is how are we stepping into it? What does living a life of curiosity do for us every day? And the second question is, how do you, how do I, how do we discern between our personal agenda and that of spirit? Let me repeat that one. How do we discern between our personal agenda and that of spirit? I'll explain that question a little more later if you don't quite understand. But first, I'm going to talk about um, the Centers of Spiritual Living, where I was ordained, um, has a global vision. <clears throat> and in this global vision, there's this sentence that I want to read to you. And it says, we see a world in which every person lives in alignment with their highest spiritual principle, emphasizing unity with God and connection with each other. A world in which individually and collectively we are called to a higher state of consciousness and action. We see a world in which every person lives in alignment with their highest spiritual principle. So in this world, where do we see this world from though? That's what I'm wondering from this sentence. Where do we see that world from? How do we align with it that it was talking about? How do we align with that, that idea, that spiritual presence? Well, it all depends on where we're looking from or maybe where we're looking through. So is it from the five senses? Are we seeing the world? Are we experiencing the world through only the five senses? Sight, sound, taste, smell, touch through our eyes, and our ears, our mouth, our skin? Or is it just the brain? Are we experiencing the world from the brain? The brain where the seat of intellect is, language, cognition, creativity comes from, logic and knowledge, of course, sits in the brain. All those electrochemical um, workings of the something like 86 billion neurons that are firing, those synapses firing in our brain. The place where we recognize, where we give meaning to ideas, where we create narratives, those all happen in the brain. And I would say that most of us have that brain, that head thing down. Some people call it the head thing. We, we say things, we think things like, I think, I think, I reckon, I understand, I declare this or that in my life, I reveal this or that in my life. Intelligent, in intellectual decisions are made and announcements are given through the brain. Or maybe we see life, we experience of life from 
our heart. Maybe it's our heart. Maybe it's not our brain. Maybe the answers are in our heart. Now, the heart, interestingly enough, whoops, I bumped the table. The heart, interestingly enough, is the first organ in the body to develop. Isn't that interesting? And it's not merely a muscle. It's actually an organ. There was a time where they just called it a muscle, but but it's now officially, I don't know when that began, uh, an organ. It's not just there to pump blood, though. The heart has a complex intrinsic nervous system of its own of over 40,000 different sensory neurites firing off independently from those happening in the brain. And it's now labeled by researchers. There's a, there's a whole new field called neurocardiology. And those researchers in neurocardiology calls what's going on in the heart as a functional brain. Isn't that interesting? And in this functional brain in the heart, we can learn independently of the heart. We have our own memories that are in our heart. We, we feel and we sense information through our heart. The heart creates an energetic magnetic field right now as I'm speaking that tells our brains whether we feel safe or not. It's the regulator of our perception. So maybe that's where life is being seen from. Ernest Holmes wrote, we can think, pray, or speak words until we are blue in the face and not a thing will manifest, at least not in the clearest way, unless we have feeling behind it. While we admire the intellect, we must realize that the intellect is not the creative factor in the universe. Rather, it is the feeling that is creative. So he's saying it's not just a mental, as in the a brain mind, um, um, occurrence. It's a feeling occurrence, which is what the heart is about. And Neville, Neville wrote a whole book called Feeling is the Secret. And he wrote in that ideas are impressed on the subconscious through the medium of feeling. No idea can be impressed on the subconscious unless it is felt. But once felt, be it good, bad, or indifferent, it must be expressed. Feeling is the one and only medium through which ideas are conveyed to the subconscious. I want to repeat that one. Feeling is the only one and only medium through which ideas are conveyed to the subconscious. So it's feeling, so it's heart. So it is the heart. It's not the brain. It's the heart that we see life from. But maybe that's not true either. Maybe it's the gut. You know, the gut, you know, I, I feel it in my gut where intuition it shows up. The gut is called the enteric uh, nervous system, and it consists of sheaths of neurons that are embedded in the walls of our gut. And the gut goes from the esophagus all the way to the end there. It's a whole long, your whole torso, pretty much. 
there are some like a hundred million different neurons going on, popping and, and synapsing and doing all those crazy things in, um, in the gut. And that's more than in your spinal cord or more in your whole peripheral nervous system throughout your entire body. It's pretty amazing. And it uses more than 30 neurotransmitters. 30 neurotransmitters, just like the brain does, is happening in your gut. You can't see me pointing, but I'm pointing to my gut. Interesting thing else about the gut, 95% of our serotonin, the serotonin is that hormone that regulates mood and appetite and sleep and memory and, and sexual desire and function. 95% of the serotonin is in your gut not in your brain. Fascinating. And there's this thing called the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve um, carries information from the gut to the brain. It goes all the way up your torso to your brain. But the interesting thing about that is that the information only goes one way from the gut to the brain. So the gut is informing our logic center, our knowledge center, our intellect, what's going on. <laughs> but as smart as it might sound, the enteric um, nervous system, our gut can't really balance our checkbook or compose a symphony. It mostly just controls digestion. But the gut also controls self-preservation, interestingly enough, responding to challenges, opposition, danger, and helping us determine our core sense of self through its reactions to our thoughts, right? It takes guts. My gut tells me. I feel it in my gut. All those things we say because that's what's happening. It's not just a, um, a metaphor. And some of us have this gut stuff, intuition thing going on strong. So is it the brain, the heart, the gut? Which one is fueling the life of curiosity from day to day? Which one is understanding and analyzing and solving whether th things are going smoothly or not? Which one is discerning between our personal agenda, our almost narcissistic ego, our fears in our egos, which is doing that? Which is discerning that, that personal agenda, that ego agenda versus that of spirit, the information from spirit? And what is driving our desires, revelations in, in our actual communion with the universe? Michael Beckwith, um, wrote this great quote and he said, when your thoughts and actions begin to align with the imperatives of your soul, you enroll the full support of the universe. Unimagined possibilities begin to open up as you synchronize with the divine, synchronize with the divine. How do we synchronize the, the divine? Is it my senses? Is it my brain? Is it my heart? Is it my gut? Spirit, Spirit's call is one of wholeness and oneness and infinite possibility.
possibilities and creativity and freedom and truth. I say that every week in one way or another. And we use spiritual practices like visioning and, and like the affirmative prayer we did earlier, the spiritual mind treatment, meditation, all sorts of spiritual practices that assist us in letting go of these personal agendas. Now, I'm not saying having a personal agenda is a negative thing. I'm talking more about the personal agenda of the ego that usually is something that is that is informing us that we don't have something, that we need something, that we are, are in fear of something because it doesn't meet our needs. So we... we we use the spiritual practice to let go of our personal agenda and then align with the cosmic consciousness to experience then a, a, a greater flow and a greater ease of life, no matter what is showing up and manifesting our desires, of course, and the things we want to reveal in our lives. So how is the divine communicating with us and us with it? Again, is it the senses, the brain, the heart, the gut? Is prayer or meditation or visioning or visualizing coming from your head, your heart, or your gut? As individualized expressions of the one infinite universal energy, we have access to the infinite wisdom and intelligence of, of all space and time. It's, it's pure love, it's unconditional love, and it, it flows through us, as us, for us, and, and with us as, as, as individualized expressions. We are individualized expressions of this energy. But it shows up to the degree that we set our previous ideas aside and tune into its frequency and then thus awaken to the impress of its intelligence and its love of universal spirit. But if that happens, of course, to the degree that we become conscious of it, that we step into tune in to that frequency. But then again, the question comes up, is consciousness in your brain, your heart or your gut? Is it, is it in our logic and, and knowledge, our feelings? Or is it in the power of intuition that usually shows up through our gut. This is called the, what's going on in our brain is called the cephalic region. Our heart, of course, is the cardiac region and our gut, like I said before, is the enteric system. So do we think, therefore I am, or do I feel, therefore I know, or do I intuit, therefore I am inspired? Ernest Holmes quote again, God's creative power of mind is right here, he says. We have as much of this power to use as we believe in and embody. The storehouse of nature is filled with infinite good, awaiting the touch of our awakened thought to bring spring forth into manifestation in our lives. It's right here, he says. Well, where is here? And he said embody, to personify, to... to um, to be a part of the wholeness of our personhood is what embody means. So then it must mean all of them together, working as one. Sometimes the head, the brain is the lead. Sometimes the heart, the feelings is the lead. And, and eventually 
whether it starts there or ends there, the gut, the inspiration is the lead. It's a combo is what I'm getting. Working in tandem, talking to each other, empowering the intuitive words and ideas with feelings, intellect, and thus showing up into our lives, into our experience. If you haven't heard this before, I call this the divine matrix. Mind, heart, gut, brains, talking to each other, relating to each other, um, jumping off ideas through and from each other, a full-on, full-body, holistic mind. That's what I call the mind, this divine matrix, this interworking, this, this um, idea of this organization of brain, heart, and gut working together, adding it all up and and becoming our consciousness, um, bringing our ideas into our belief system so that constantly and consistently and habitually and as second nature, you might say, although actually it's first nature, we answer all instances, all experiences, all questions, all conditions and dreams and desires, et cetera, et cetera, with spirits, highest idea. We reveal when we work them all together as one divine matrix, we reveal spirit's highest idea. But what is, again, spirit's highest idea of itself as my life? And that is the question that we ask every time a decision is to be made. And it probably won't be the only question, but that is the main question when we're, when we're faced with um, deciding about something that has shown up in our lives or deciding about something we want to change in our lives or bring forth into our lives. What is the highest idea of spirit in this moment? When we live in these questions as its own spiritual practice or as in addition to all the spiritual practices that, that you do, we invite ourselves to listen to and from a different place beyond the egoic brain that edges God out mostly and into what I was saying, the mind, the divine matrix, the brain, the heart, and the gut. The divine matrix of the intellect, the feelings, and the intuition. So great. So now we know this. We've, we've figured that out. So what do we do? Well, we ask questions. We ask questions to our most inner self. Yeah, we can ask questions to friends. We can ask for, uh, questions from our allies and professionals and all that. But the deepest part before we make the final decision comes from the questions we ask our most inner self. Questions open us up to something new. Questions invite um, curiosity, that word, that beautiful word, curiosity is a way of being. What is spirit's highest idea in my life? This type of question breaks us away from what we think we know and desire and invites something greater within to guide us. That Those infinite possibilities that are in the universe to guide us. It's time we reawaken our heart intelligence and connect it with our brain intelligence. 
There's a gentleman named Ramana Manharshi. He's a Hindu sage from the early mid 20th century. And he wrote this, when the mind stays in the heart, the I, as in the letter I, which is the source of all thoughts will go and the self, whichever exists, will shine. Let me say that again. When the mind stays in the heart, the I, which is the source of all thoughts, will go and the self, which ever exists, will, will shine. The self with the big S, the self that is so full of, of universal presence, that individualization that is within each and every one of us of God, of the divine. There's this great word in the Cherokee language called, uh, that says Shanti Ishta is the word. And it means the single eye of the heart, the single eye that sees what's true without judgment, like the universe, like the law of cause and effect or the law of attraction. It sees what's true without judgment. It sees what's there, what's behind, what's deep into the belief. Shante Ishta. There is only one power and presence, the one source back of all things. Call it what you like. And knowing that there is only one life, this life must be who I am, who you are. Therefore, each of us has the ability to allow the infinite wisdom to express through us by living in the question, what is spirit's highest vision of itself as me in this moment, in this question, in this situation? Living from a space of, of curiosity, a place of curiosity and, and remaining open and willing to reveal spirit's highest vision of itself in our lives as us, expressing through our divine matrix of head, heart, and gut, allows us to live as act from a place of divine guidance. And from divine guidance, we can create heaven on earth because that's where it is. It's not somewhere out there. It's not somewhere we go. It's somewhere we, it's something we experience. Robert Browning wrote in um, Parasolus, truth is within ourselves. It takes no rise from outward things, whatever you may believe. There is an inmost center in us all where truth abides in fullness. Now, from outside things, he's not talking about the universe. He's talking about all this 3D stuff. It's inside. So what does living a life of curiosity day-to-day -day look like, whether things are going smoothly or you're confronted with challenges? And again, the second sentence, how do you discern between your personal agenda and that of spirit? You entertain God only, using your intellect, feeling the moment, and listening for the intuition, the head, the heart, the gut together, the divine matrix. Learning through curiosity, remaining open to experiencing a shift a perspective, a new awareness, a heightened experience of life through the full body, the holistic use of the divine matrix, that is where the answers to the questions 
are. That's are what you are looking from. Are you willing? I am. Join me. Thank you so much. Namaste.